Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. Joining us today, we're continuing our sermon series called Unstoppable. It's actually a journey through the Acts of the Apostle. You know, we're getting very close to the end. And if you've been with us from the beginning, that meant you've been with us for a long time. We actually started this series, a verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Acts on May 17th, 2020. So a little more than just a year. Um, And you really should get a diploma if you've been with us. I mean... 28 chapters, 1,007 verses, 24,000 plus words. And remember, these are, these are the inspired words of God. They're inspired. Now, what does that mean? Well, inspired is basically a word that means God breathed. It was Luke that did the writing, but it was the Holy Spirit that did the breathing. So today we'll be in Acts 28. And the title of my message today is, Have You Been to Malta? And before we get to Malta, as usual, I want to bring you up to date on where we've been the last few weeks. And today, I'm going to go back a little bit further because the context of what happens to Paul on Malta is key. And you have to understand the context. We always said, you know, any time that you're studying the scriptures, you really want to understand the context because if you don't understand the context, you're easy, very easily will get the message wrong. So the context goes all the way back to the very beginning of the book of Acts. And at the very beginning of the book of Acts are some words of Jesus that are in red. Um, This is after the resurrection, before the ascension. And Jesus says this. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, to Judea, Samaria, and the very ends of the earth. So right after that, we see that uh, Paul, or actually a man named Saul, a Pharisee, is is, uh, called by God. Now, remember, uh, Paul, that is, a new name that that we have in the Greek, Paul, not Saul. Paul was drafted. Uh, He was was conscripted. He didn't didn't enlist. Uh, He was on his way to persecute the people that followed Jesus, called called, the people of the way. And he was there to persecute them, put them in jail, and, and have them killed. And God met him miraculously on the road to Damascus and knocked him off his horse and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? So then after that, we see some very significant milestones that brought, brought Paul and his companions now 27 chapters later to this island called Malta. And again, we have to understand the, the context. So let me just back up a few weeks to make sure you understand. Um, so the question I'm going to be asking today is, have you been to Malta? And you'll see why this is such a pertinent question today, just as it was back for the Apostle Paul. And we'll be looking at chapter 28, just 10 verses today. But it really unpacks a story that began with the calling of Paul, actually going back all the way to the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles, when the disciples are told that they will receive power to be able to be witnesses to the truth of the gospel in Jerusalem and Judea and all through Samaria and the ends of the earth. 
So uh, back a few weeks, we saw, we saw that Paul arrived in Jerusalem after his third missionary journey. And he met with James and some of the other apostles in Jerusalem. And initially, they, they welcomed him very wisely. But then they made a very poor decision. They decided to have Paul associate himself with some men, some honorable Jews, that were taking a fast. And as a result, uh, he would then be thought of as an honorable Jew. Well, it, it ended very poorly because as soon as Paul is spotted in the, in, the, in the temple, he's dragged out. The men want to kill him. Paul is rescued by a local centurion, a, a centurion assigned to Jerusalem. Uh, but then the centurion, after he rescues Paul, wants to, to flog Paul, to, to scourge him. Um, do you see a pattern developing? And we saw this all through the Acts of the Apostles, a, a pattern. It seems that Paul, who is doing the good work of the Lord, starts to get some good news, gets some traction, but then Dr. Doom shows up. It's almost like Paul saying, are you kidding me? Once again, we're going to go through this? You know, it's, it's kind of like the saying that we have today, and I really don't believe in luck, but the saying goes like this. It says, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. And sometimes it can, it can feel like that. So back to Paul. In Jerusalem, Paul was about to be whipped, a, a Roman scourging. And, and Paul um, announces to the, uh, to the soldier there that he is a, a Roman citizen. And of course, that changes everything. Uh, the Roman centurion that was going to have Paul flogged um, ends up uh, dispatching 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen to accompany Paul to Caesarea to give him safe passage. Now, Paul is going to be sent to Felix, the Roman governor of the area. And Felix, we were told, was a very weak and incompetent governor. In fact, history tells us that within two years he's replaced uh, by a, another governor. And that's the gospel account as well. So Paul spends two years in a Roman prison, and the new guy in, on the block, the new governor, uh, Festus, comes in, and, and Festus calls Agrippa and Bernice. Now, Bernice is, is, uh, is Agrippa's uh, sister, but also his girlfriend, and that's kind of a sordid story in itself. But, but they determine collectively that, that Paul would have been free to go. Uh, that he was innocent of all the charges that the Jews were bringing, bringing against him, except that Paul had appealed to Caesar to, so to Rome, he must go. So the last two weeks, we've been following Paul's journey on the Mediterranean and the Aegean Sea. Now, here's, a, here's the map that I, that I pulled up. I want to show you exactly what this journey of Paul is that, that's, that starts. It, it starts off in Caesarea. They stop briefly in Sidon. They leave from Sidon, and the winds are against them. They stay close to the shore, end up in Myra. Here's the Myra right there. Uh, in, in Myra, Julius and Centurion finds a much larger Alexandrian ship already headed for Rome, so they climb aboard. And from Myra, they head down to the Isle of Crete. Now, there's a, an island uh, off of the coast of Crete called Fairhaven. That's the name of our church, and that was the name of our church in, in Michigan. And just prior to, this, to the winter of 61, uh, Paul encourages uh, the captain and the centurion that we, they should winter there. Uh, but they decide, no, they're going to make their own decision, a very poor decision. They head out, and they run into a, a nor'easter, a, a horrible storm. That, that tosses the, the little ship uh, for, for 14 days. And in, in, verse, uh, in the end of uh, in, in chapter 27, verse 20, it says, it appeared that all, it appeared that all the hope that we have uh, that we would be saved had disappeared. 
And I ended the sermon there intentionally showing you that often um, the situations that we're in uh, do indeed appear to be hopeless. Uh, but then, of course, we come back the next week and we find that an angel had appeared to Paul and told him that God had granted him the lives of all of the people uh, on the ship. Um, now, um, <laughs> reminds me again, this, this little ship that's tossed in the sea, if it wasn't for the courage of the fearless crew, you know, but that, that's, a, that's a completely different story. But speaking of the fearless crew, we spoke last week that in many ways, even though Paul was a prisoner, he had been promoted to captain. They were listening to him. Uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the owner of the ship, the centurion, uh, the soldiers, they were listening to Paul because Paul had something to say and he was experienced. You know, often we go through these, these struggles, these struggles, and that's why I ask you the question, have you been to Malta? You know, have you been to Malta, this, this little teeny island in, the, in the, uh, the, the border there of the Aegean and the Mediterranean Sea, just off the, 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 um, the shores of Sicily? Have you been to Malta? Now, the Bible tells us that there's strength in numbers, and often when we go through a trial, like Paul, Paul had 276 with him. And often when we go through a trial, if we're, if we're with other people, it's easier to get through those struggles, through those, through, through those trials. By the way, the 276 persons, the, the Greek word that mentions person is a, a Greek word that's pronounced sue, sue. And that word is the word that's translated as souls. And even today, in, in navigation as well as in, as, as well as in airplanes, when a ship goes down or they talk about a, a, a rescue from, a, from an aircraft, um, they talk about the souls that are on board. And that's a wonderful testimony to the uniqueness of the individual human spirit. We, you know, where Bible says that we are made in the image uh, of God, and that's so, so important. You know, but, but here's the question. Why is Paul going through this ordeal? You know, we see no hint, unlike Jonah, who was being disobedient. There's no hint that, that Paul's being uh, disobedient. There's really no biblical reason for this specific trial except that it shows us that these trials do happen and God is with us in the storm. Doesn't, God doesn't necessarily prevent the storm, doesn't pre prevent the circumstances of our, in our life, but God will be there for you. You know, this is one of the questions that we often ask, um, uh, that pastors are often asked. In fact, as, as believers, as fellow believers, you're probably asked these questions too. And that question is, is why? Why God? Why is this? Why am I going through this? Why is my sister going through this? Why is my child going through this? You know, and very often, most often, we don't know the whys. Um, you know, look at Paul. Paul knew that he was going to make it uh, to to Rome. That was his great hope, um, because the angel had told him that. But it wasn't until the angel came and told him that he was that that God had granted him the 276 souls on board that they would make it as well uh, that ship would be lost that there was no promise there uh, but Paul would have to go through the storm now often when we're asked that question why one of the things one of the scripture verses that people rely on and I and I'm very hesitant to use it is Romans 8:28 Romans 8:28 says that all things work together for good for those that that love God that are called that work according to his his purposes but that's a very, uh, very um, difficult scripture to use often uh, when there, it's a very hopeless situation. 
Well, we don't want to give people the idea that God is causing the problems in your life, that somehow God wants your little child in heaven rather than on earth. That's, that's, a, that's not the meaning of this verse at all. But God will work in your life. He will turn things around for a good. Uh, but sometimes that's, the, that, that's for the purposes of God. It may not feel good at all to us. You know, I find often that what people... Why people, but while people will never know the reason, people want to know that there's still hope. They want to know that God is still with them. And that's what we try to do. In, in our ministry, what we try to do, and especially when we're visiting people in their homes or in, in the hospital, uh, I instruct those volunteers that are with me uh, to always do the three things. We, we, uh, we listen, uh, we touch, and, and we pray. And we, we try to let people know that, that we're listening, that we're there for them. But at the same time, God is, is, is with them as well. God hears their prayer. Uh, so let's go on. So last week, we finished up with Paul's journey on the Alexandrian ship and found out that, that while the ship was lost, all 276 make it to Malta. So let's begin now in Acts 28, beginning in verse 1. It says, After we were brought safely through, we found out that the island was called Malta. Now, Malta is just a, a Greek word that means refuge. That's all it means. It means refuge. So let me tell you a little bit about this island, this tiny little island in the Mediterranean. And here's our question for today. Have you been to Malta? You know, my wife and I had a Mediterranean cruise. It, it uh, was about 25 years ago. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was, 25 years ago. It was a wonderful cruise. We went with a number, hundreds of Ford, Ford Motor Company dealers, and we were one of the sponsors of this little trip, and it was a wonderful cruise. We got to see a lot of the different ports in the Mediterranean, and we were excited to go because we knew that one of the ports of call was Malta, and we knew that Paul had spent some time on Malta, so we were looking forward uh, to seeing Malta, and, and we were not disappointed. You know, here's a picture of what we saw when we approached uh, by boat. Uh, the thing that Carol and I noticed so clearly was that all of this off-white sandstone, it was, it was all pretty much the same color. We were looking out our window on the ship, and we could see this, this view as we were pulling into port. It was beautiful. It's very picturesque and also very monotone. It all looked the same. Now, Malta is a very small island. It's actually one of the smallest countries in the European Union. They joined in 2008. Total population of the island is about 750,000. But interestingly, it's the most Christian nation in Europe. 95% uh, of the people claim to have a faith called Christianity. Now here's the old city gate to the to the old gate to the city. Now of course this has been rebuilt a number of times, but it's very it's likely very much like the gate to the city of Vieta that the apostle Paul would have walked through almost 2000 years ago. And here's a picture of the church of the Assumption uh, that we visited. It survived two German bombs dropped on it in 1940 while 250 people were in there for service. You know, so what I said is this is that regardless of Whose decision it was that Paul, uh, whose decision it was that the ship ended up uh, leaving Fairhaven and heading out to sea, uh, there are consequences of every decision. There are consequences of our action, and actually sometimes things just happen. But God will always give you a place to land, a, a refuge, a, an escape, of, of, if, you, if you have it, um, a, a place called Malta. You know, none of the 276 souls on board were planning to, to go into Malta. They probably didn't even know what the island was. They found out later it was called Malta. 
So let's go back to, to the Apostle Paul, verse 2. It says, and later we learned that the island was called Malta, and the people who lived there showed us great kindness, and they made a fire and called us all to warm ourselves. You know, so the locals uh, bring out a fire to them. Uh, they are hospitable. Uh, it looks like this is going to be a, a good place. In fact, you could probably, instead of calling it Malta, you could be calling it the Island of Good Fortune, right? Well, not so soon. Let's go on. Verse 3, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them in the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So let's pause here. Have you been to Malta? Sure you have. Let's see it on the map again. It's this little bitty island. It wasn't where you were going, but it provides a refuge. But just when you think you're done with the storm, what you've done with your trial, the sun is going to shine, then whomp, it happens again. Paul gets bitten by a viper. And this is just a, a metaphor for us of the things that happen sometime just when we think we finally arrived, when the, we really turned the corner, we saw the light in the distance and we finally have arrived, but then something happens again. So let's continue. Verse 4. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, justice does not allow him to live. Yeah, I, I read some commentaries of, from very, from very uh, gifted scholars, and they said that it's because of the pagan beliefs of these natives on Malta, that they believed that justice had to be served, that the gods, plural, with a small g, would not permit Paul to live uh, because he was an unjust man. He, he was supposed to drown in the sea, and since he survived that, uh, the viper bit him. But here's the thing, it's not the pagan beliefs. These are the, these are the beliefs of the Jewish people as well. In fact, the, the apostles believed it as well. If you remember back in Luke chapter 9, there was a, a blind man uh, that the apostles pointed out to Jesus. And they said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? You know, in the book of Job, Job's so-called friends tell him that he needed to repent that there must have been something in Job's life that caused all this misfortune. And they said that the righteous are blessed and they have happy families, live a long life, that God blesses those that are good and curses those that are bad. But Job did not believe that. And neither did Jesus. Jesus said that it wasn't the man that sinned or his parents, but that the glory of God would be manifest. You know, despite the natives of Malta expecting Paul to soon drop over and die, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to disappoint them. Let's continue. Verse 5. But Paul shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that when he would swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after they had looked for a long time, they saw no harm come to him. They changed their mind and said that he was a god. You know, can you relate? You know, not that somebody called you a god. Uh, but let's review. Paul is arrested for preaching Jesus, something that he was called to do. He's called before Felix, and he goes calls before Festus. Um, King Agrippa, Bernice, uh, finally gets in a boat, headed in the sea. The seas tosses him around for 14 days. Looks like everything's lost, but finally they arrive at Malta, and then Paul is bitten by this viper. Now realize, what's Paul doing? Paul is helping. It, for Paul to get bit by a viper that's coming out of the fire means that he was close enough to the fire to get bit. He was actually helping. He wasn't standing back because he was the great apostle Paul. He was helping. He was doing good things. And it was during that time when he was doing good things that the viper came and fastened himself on, on Paul's hand. You know, Malta, Malta 
is the place that you didn't plan on going to. Malta is the hardship you didn't plan on experiencing. Malta is the sickness that you didn't see coming. Malta is the job that you didn't see ending. And for those of you that want to know why, why would God put me on a, a Malta? Why would I have to go through this experience, this trial, this hardship? Let's look again at the scripture because the scripture is going to point out something very, very significant when we ask this question, have you been to Malta? Let's finish up. Acts 28 verse 7. Now in the neighboring parts of the place were lands belonging to the leading man of the island named Publius and welcomed us and entertained us warmly for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius was lying in bed affected with a recurring fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after he prayed he laid his hands on him and healed him. After this happened, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases were coming to him and being cured. They also showed us many honors, showered us with many hours. And when we were about to set sail, they supplied us with everything we needed. Remember the context. Remember the context. If you don't catch the context, if you don't understand the context of your life, you're going to experience Malta and you're not going to be very happy about it. You're going to be constantly thinking that maybe God is doing something to you where actually God is with you. Paul is the apostle sent to the Gentiles. Paul is headed to Rome. This is the context. This is his, now his fourth missionary journey. He's actually a prisoner, but it's actually a journey. But it's not like the others. He's in chains. Remember the context, this account in Malta. We get the context from the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. Acts 1.9 says, and you shall receive power. You shall receive power when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses into Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even the ends of the earth. My friends, we need to remember the context. You know, Paul is the apostle sent to the Gentiles. He's headed for, to Rome. This is his fourth missionary journey, but it's not like the others. He's in chains and he's going. Remember the, the, the context. And the context goes all the way back to the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Stay on mission. Paul said that he lives for Christ and to die was gain. God has a purpose for you and he will see you through every situation. Just stay focused and stay on mission. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for this visit. To You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.